There are some good restaurants, like bars. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. Today, we're bringing you a nice special episode. It's going to be a solo episode of sorts. We got a special guest. We will call him Guest X, unless you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> or give you a nickname. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe you had a nickname out there. I did have a nickname. What was uh, the nickname? It was Swagger. Swagger. <laughs> yes, I dig it. So... It was long before Swagger became a thing. Ah, okay. So you kind of coined it, is what you're telling me. Uh, somebody coined it for me. Ah, okay. Was it uh, was it the man himself? Was it Prince himself? No, actually, it was post Prince. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, guys, just based off of that right there, we have a special guest. He was somebody that was close to uh, Prince that was around his uh, his heyday. And, uh, and got to know him. So we have a lot of questions from the fans that, uh, that people want asked. So we'll get through those. But we'll start off with just, uh, just an introduction. Go ahead. Uh, do you mind if I use your first name? Yeah. In this? Okay. So Jimmy, that's, uh, that's his name here, is going gonna, is gonna to talk to us about him and, uh, and his little backstory here about his time in Vegas with the man, the myth, the legend, Prince himself. Uh, yeah, and... Uh so I used to work for Prince back in uh, at the Rio when he was a uh, resident uh, performer. He had his uh, show called 3121, and he had the After Hours nightclub called 3121 After Hours. That was what I was managing at the time. And it was actually an, a punishment for quitting, and I couldn't find a job, so they stuck me there. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Interesting. That's kind of a cool... Second job to, to get stuck with, though? Yeah, it was. At first, I thought, man, this sucks. I got to be up late at night when I was used to working during the day for my, the main part of my job. Mm-hmm. But it actually became pretty cool. Um, not realizing that I'd be there until like 6 a.m. half the time. <laughs> so you had to adjust your hours for sure then? Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> oh, man. That's still awesome, though. Okay. So, Vegas. Prince, twenty one thirty one show thirty one twenty thirty one twenty one. I apologize, everybody. I am, uh, I have something that's called uh, math dyslexia. Basically, I'll swap around numbers. It's essentially exactly what it sounds like, but I'll switch around the numbers, especially if I'm not writing it down. Anyways, too much info. We're here for Prince. Let's get some of the questions that uh, that the fans were asking for. And so, let me pull this up real quick. I think I have it here. Actually, we'll start with some from the co-hosts, and then we'll get to the fans, because the co-hosts were just a couple. So the first one from the co-host was, are the Charlie Murphy stories true? And if so, or if not, how embellished was that? Like, what's the accuracy there? That's actually a pretty common question across the board. Most of them are going to be, you know, that's what they know, that's what they saw, was the uh, Dave Chappelle, Charlie Murphy stories so 
Yeah, yeah. What's your what's your insight on that? Did you ever see those? Yeah, yeah. Trust me, we we all saw those. Like we, <laughs> like, or we were already old enough to watch those like religiously. Yeah. Um. Okay, so it is from what I have seen or had seen. Um. Yes, the pancake thing is legit real. Boom! That was a fan question. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Chase. My God, that that pancake thing is actually legit. I did not expect that. I was <laughs> like, so I, I worked closely with the chef because she was uh, the chef for the for him, and she was also the chef for the restaurant uh, slash nightclub. Mm-hmm. So we were serving up food at first, and that was the crazy part. Like it was a nightclub, but we were serving up food. And it was a specific menu that he wanted. He wanted specific items on that menu. And one of the items was little mini freaking pancakes. And these pancakes are probably the best freaking pancakes I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and they had little cinnamon sugar 3121 or Prince logos. Whoa. Like drizzled on top of it. Damn, that's on- fancy top of some crazy like syrup that I've never even heard of and I asked the chef I was like this isn't this isn't real is it like he actually likes pancakes or is it because of the whole uh, Charlie Murphy true Hollywood stories yeah and the, she's the, like the egg or the chicken right yeah she was like no he legit loves pancakes and I was like no freaking way so the Charlie Murphy stories are they real she's like I can't say yes or no but the pancakes are real. And I was like, that's freaking awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, like, we actually served up pancakes, and people ordered them. Like, yeah. And he even told, like, his guests, like, you know, try the pancakes. Yeah, that's that's what we're, that's our signature. Yeah, apparently, that's his jam. Okay. Interesting. That's okay. So that definitely checks off one of the, uh, one of the questions from the fans, slash the co-host as well. Uh, it just so happens they have the same question. <laughs> But another one that kind of stems from that, and you may not know the answer to this, or maybe you do because you're into fitness as well, right? Was, and this is coming from Fong, one of the fans, was Prince really good at basketball? That I do not know. Okay. Um, So I never got to hang out with him outside of the nightclub. Um, I tried to get information on that. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, Maybe he is a good baller, but... Height-wise, yeah, he's definitely not going to be able to dunk dunk over Charlie Murphy or anything like that. <laughs> uh, you Charlie never know. I mean, the dude was definitely light, so you never know. He could have been able to dunk over Charlie Murphy. But I can't attest to that because I didn't actually see anything like that happen. Interesting. Okay. So you hear a lot of good stories about celebrities that are – like Keanu Reeves is going to be my perfect example, and I think they have the, a very similar energy. Keanu Reeves gives back to uh, to the community, to his fans, like to people he works with, all that kind of stuff, right? So this kind of boils up to this question: what What was something that, uh, aside from singing, that you know that he was kind of known for? So pancakes, kind of being one of them. Was there anything that uh, that stood out to you that that you may remember? Yeah, for sure. Um... So, he was about his fans. Okay. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. With the After Hours Nightclub, he made a pact that it is first come, first serve. 
his truest fans would try to get there as quick as possible. And this was literally after the show, he would open up the After Hours Nightclub. When it comes down to it, Vegas is all about who who's going to dish out the most money to get what they want. Mm-hmm. But he made it so that it was strictly first come, first serve. Nobody pays a premium. It is flat rate. Flat rate. And the way that he set it up is he didn't care about what the casino wanted, what they wanted to get out of it. It was literally for the fans. He told them straight up, I don't care what you guys are trying to do. This is for my fans. And everybody lines up no matter what they pay. Yeah, that's amazing. And so, it, yeah, yeah, like it was something that I was not expecting. Yeah. Um, and he wouldn't back down. Like, he would not flex with the casino. Yeah. Uh, for the months that I was there. And I thought that was interesting because it wasn't about monetary gain. It was about his fans. Period. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely something you want to be known for, or that he was known for, mm-hmm. taking care of the fans. I mean, they are the ones who take care of him at the end of the day, so yep, that's amazing. Um, so you, you've had conversations with him. You've, you've known him. You've partied with him. How was his uh, general demeanor overall? Like, was he a happy person? Was he, like, very down-to-earth? Was he more on the mellow side? Because he has a lot of deep songs, right? And mm-hmm. there's, I mean, God knows how many that are in a vault somewhere. I don't know if you know that number. But um, what was he like? Was, was he kind of like a happy guy? Like optimistic? Was he more like gloom? Like describe his personality a little bit. Uh, very reserved. Like, okay. Not so much as partying with him. There was definitely not partying. When it came down to it, he, he almost spoke with his music. Okay. Um, like, kind of the tone set for the night was based off of his music. But what was crazy about it is, you know, he was pleasant to everybody, mm-hmm. and he was nice, but he was very reserved. And it, you wouldn't expect that, um, you know, with how he is on stage and stuff like that. But seeing him in that, that intimate setting, because it was a very small uh, venue. Like, it was no bigger than your typical... Um, bistro type restaurant it wasn't large at all like the way that the stage it wasn't really a stage it was like a corner like you would see at like a a small jazz club and that's that's where he played or he hung out but you didn't see the the stage the show showman in that setting you saw the prince that chilled and Okay. Just hung out with everybody. It was it was a totally different persona, and I honestly felt that 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 was more him than what he puts on the on stage. Interesting. Okay, and that kind of makes sense. You know, a lot of these uh, you get it a lot in rap. You get these thug rappers, but these guys like grew up in you know suburbia. And yeah. Their name is Clarence. <laughs> Mom Spaghetti. Hashtag Eight Mile. Um. Yeah, okay, that's really interesting that, you know, he has this grand personality on stage, but on um, on the more intimate side, he's more reserved and low-key and down-to-earth, so very cool. Okay, um, next question, 
do you have any memorabilia from getting to know him? <laughs> oh, do I ever. Okay. Um, I have a, actually two. Well, you know, when, when I, we'll, we'll get to that part. Okay. So I actually have pins from the, the nightclub that we used to have everybody sign their checks for. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I had... Um, Matches, matchbooks. Um, I actually still had a chocolate for a long time until I I left it in my storage unit for like freaking ten years. Ah, I bet it melted up. Oh, it was melted all over <laughs> everything. Sadly, I lost like a lot of that memorabilia. Yeah. But the most important things that I was trying to get when I went to the storage unit um, to move everything back to Colorado mm-hmm. um, was two guitar picks. Played by him from each of those nights. Those guitar picks are custom. They're, they look like they're ivory, but they're not. Um, but they say prints on it. Um, pretty simple. But I watched him actually play with those picks. And that was the craziest oh, cool. part of it. So I have two of those actually played by him. That I was trying to figure out where I thought I brought them back with me when I moved back a long time ago, but I couldn't find them. And it turns out they were hidden in a box that I kept trinkets and stuff like that. And I had to to have that. So that yeah. was I was digging through the storage unit trying to find that because those picks. We'll go. We'll we'll build up to that. Okay. Okay. Um, the food. The food was amazing. Um, his chef literally prepared like some of the greatest food I've ever had in my life. Nice. Um, so I got to eat like a king every weekend because <laughs> we did it every uh, Friday and Saturday night, and every Friday and Saturday night I was looking forward to the food. Yeah. Um, plus, just being able to the, the ambiance, the way it felt. Um, Describe that ambiance a little bit to me. Um, so the, the whole room, like I said, it was a very tight, small room. Intimate. Like, yeah. So you were you were probably like, your front row, you were probably 10 feet away from Prince. Wow, yeah. The furthest you were away was probably 200 feet. Wow. Um, so overall, you were like right there with Prince. Um, but the food itself, like, it, it tied into the way that the room was set up. And, you know, closing out at night, you know, you you just walk. (laughs) 
we also had very expensive liquor um, and wine and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the the restaurant itself, though, it used to be a steakhouse, or before Prince bought it out to do his shows, mm-hmm. that steakhouse was one of the top rated in in Vegas. Oh wow! And the way that they had the alcohol, they kept it. So I got to try a lot of things that I would never ever be able to afford even a shot of. Yeah. Um, nor would I want to pay that much for a good <laughs> shot. But I was able to like literally hang out with Prince and his chef and all the other workers and drink Remy Remy Trey and freaking wow. uh, Grand Marnier Saint-Quentin-Saint-Hier, which is, uh, what is it, 150 years? Yeah. 150 years age, and that is by far the smoothest freaking thing I've ever had in my life. Wow. Would I drop the coin for that? Honestly, I think I would. Just really? because okay. of how freaking good it was. So there you have it, folks. You know we're uh, we're drinkers, and the drunken nerds talk nerdy to you all the time. <laughs> you got some advice, okay? Yeah, that is a smooth sipping drink. But I mean, I was able to drink wine that was over a hundred year age, and um, what is it? Uh, the the big one, Cristal. Like yeah. people would pay to to pop Cristal at the time because that was a big deal back in the early two thousands. Um, That's so hype now, man. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, I, in per, my personal opinion, I've had it, I think. It's not that good. Yeah, I've had it yeah. once or twice, and I'm like, really? I'm like, give yeah. me some Andres, man. Give me some Andres, and we're good to go. <laughs> Get some Mad Dog 2020. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that was a cool part. Like, I was able to eat and drink like a king, basically, and be able to hang out with people that you would never expect to hang out with. Um, being able to turn down... Um, Tito Ortiz and Jenna Jameson trying to pay you a thousand dollars to get into that club, and I couldn't accept it because Prince didn't want that. Oh wow! Like just being able to say that I turned them down was like, yeah, that's that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, you know. Um, Surprised Tito Ortiz didn't start swinging. No, he was actually really pleasant. He was oh, actually really? really cool. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, they were really nice people. Um, so I was I was actually surprised on that. Um. Usually but, with, you know, because you, you hear those bad stories of celebrities where they're, like, just complete fucking assholes. And yeah. So, like, do you know who I am type of stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, man. Get in the back of the line. This is Prince. Yeah, right? No, I mean, I had I would have basketball players. Uh, shoot, man. I, I had. Fans of Prince just going to see fan, uh, Prince. Like, it, he didn't care who you were, who you, who, what kind of money you had. You're a fan, you're a fan, you line up. Yeah. And, and so that experience was just amazing. But really the biggest perk of it was being able to hang out and listen to Prince every night jam. Absolutely. The dude is unfreaking believable. Dude, so talented. The, the stuff that you see, like, you know, the songs that are out there, mainstream, all that stuff. Purple Rain, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the one everybody knows. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a classic. You oh, should yeah. know that song, right? Dude, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. But those are great songs, by all means. Like, those are amazing songs that he has put out. And he's done so much work with so many other uh, artists. But nothing compares to just listening to him feel the music 
that night. There were there were nights where I, like we were done by two two a.m. Mm-hmm. There were nights that he was jamming till six a.m. That's amazing. and he didn't care. Like it was just if he felt the music, it was going. And he would bring in like Morris Day and the Times, freaking um, man. Who else did he bring in? He brought in um, um, a couple of uh, soul musicians. Like they would just they would just go at it. And yeah. it was just so freaking cool to be able to just sit there and listen to him, just go on and on and just enjoy what was going on. That's that's so dope. I can picture that in my mind. Like I'm, I'm picturing a stage and I'm picturing like nobody really being there, just maybe just the staff kind of, you know, prepping, you know, setting up tables and, and him just kind of on the guitar, like starting to tune in and like practicing his stuff that's a uh, super cool man yeah it was amazing um he didn't actually tune his stuff though really or not yeah okay so all the the instruments were already there and the stage itself was literally the same floor as the the table yeah which was nice because it also gave that kind of personal feel like you were yeah. right there yeah uh which you were but the one thing that was great about it was he actually had somebody that um, I think he he were or was playing with Morris Day in the Times because they were pretty common. They were always there. He would tune everybody's instruments prior to because they would literally like the show would end and they didn't even they didn't even go get changed. They were just like, you know what? Let's get over to the, to the after hours club and let's play. Nice. And it people would line up. They'd get in there. We'd seat everybody that we could. And Prince is just chilling on a on a on a chair, right in front of you. Yeah, wow. just wait until everybody gets in, and he was just hanging out. He had no problem saying hi to people. Like, you know, he he still kept his his distance. Yeah, yeah. But he still like had no problem engaging his fans. That's cool. That's super cool. Because some some celebrities are not like that, right? They're they're more reserved or they're just too above it all like oh you're a fan like uh, get away from me type thing or maybe they've just been pestered so long so that's that's refreshing to hear that you know that Prince was okay with that yeah super cool it wasn't what I expected I yeah. figured maybe he was gonna be like pompous or something like that yeah but just meeting him and like right off the bat like he was I was like this dude's chill yeah like, for being one of the greatest musicians if not the greatest right arguable statement um the fact that he was still so down to earth and still willing to, to hang out and chat with his fans, I mean, that just speaks volumes to, to him as a person. Um, if you didn't know anything about him, just knowing that right there, I think that would be more than enough to, to talk about his character. So that's that's absolutely stunning. Awesome. He was definitely a man of character, I can tell you that. Yeah. Okay, so we, we talked a couple of the perks. What were some of the, uh, some of the negatives about working this job? Well, you kind of mentioned one, the six o'clock, you know, time frame, like that kind of sucks. Oh yeah. Getting home when the sun's coming up. Shit, man. By the time I get home, it was like 8 a.m. So, and then I'd have to get back. Uh, Well, I'd get there at, uh, was it 4, 4 Mm p.m. And then I wouldn't get home until like 9, 
eight, nine, ten a.m. Some days, and then have to fifteen hour days. Huh? Flip it around and do it again mm. for the next night. Yeah, that was that was killer. Yeah. Um, other than that, like really nothing other than them the casino trying to like boot me out because they wanted me to find a job. But at that time, like the uh, job market was very minimal, and uh, trying to find a job that paid me enough to live like was not going anywhere well so they were trying to usher us out like me and, and one other manager but i'm like you really can't get rid of me until I, you know, until i'm ready i'm actually out yeah um plus i've been running this show for you yeah um but uh other than that there really was no cons there was no like crappy part of it um i mean i got to meet a lot of people that i never thought i'd ever meet in my life um i met fran drescher like she was cool nice and she legit is fran drescher like that voice is that that is not an act uh i don't want to figure that was but um yeah like that she literally sounds like that Wow. Uh, but she's nice. She's yeah. a really pleasant lady. She just sounds horrible. <laughs> like, um, what was the what was the name of the show that she was on? Oh god, uh, the nanny. The nanny. The yep, nanny. You know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I was about to do the 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 Chandler Bing laugh. That's not it. Um, no, that's that other girl. It's just a high pitch, but it's similar, right? Did, but, could you imagine both of them oh, hanging out in a room? Oh my oh. god. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. I would. No. One lady, one lady, mm-hmm. his greatest fan, greatest absolute <laughs> fan. Yeah. Nobody let me know the first weekend that we were doing everything that she was crazy. <laughs> uh, Did she look crazy? No, she was perfectly like, oh, yeah. She looks normal. Like, I follow Prince everywhere. Prince is this and Prince is that. And, I, like, we let her in. I was not notified to not let her in. Mm-hmm. She immediately grabs a seat right up front. Yeah. And I was like, uh, ma'am, you know, we're, we're seating as per what we need. Um, so we seat you where you, you get sat. And she kind of got fussy about it. Mm-hmm. Princess Chef comes up to me and he, she's like, who let her in? And Ooh. I was like, her? And she was like, yeah, her. And I was like, um, I did? She's like, she's not supposed to be here. Prince has a restraining order on him. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, shit. So. How'd you handle that? Well, I had to grab or go up to her and Mm -hmm. let her know. She was refusing to leave. And I was like, listen, I'm going to have to get hotel security here. Mm -hmm. 
and possibly the police involved because there's a restraining order. Yeah. She's like, well, that's bull. I don't have a restraining order. And her chef, the chef backed me, and then eventually we had to get uh, hotel security. She agreed to step outside. Well, she started throwing a fit and causing all kinds of issues. Well, Prince refused to come into the lounge unless she was completely off the premise. Oh, wow. So, apparently there's some really uh, ish, like big issues with this um, lady and Prince. Yeah. Um, they didn't give me the full thing at first, but we had to get the cops involved. So, Las oh, Vegas wow. PD showed up. They were going to cite her. She agreed to leave the, the hotel, and they watched to make sure she actually drove off. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out she has been to every show, and she has to keep a distance. She can't be in front row, stuff like that. Yeah. But um, when it comes down to it, she actually camps out in front of it, or she camped out of in front of his house and would watch everything he was doing, and apparently, like would practically hunt him down. Oh, wow. So when they found out that she was there, like, there was a big ordeal. Yeah. And we had to basically boot her out. Um, She tried to make it back another time. Uh, Then she realized that the chef and I were still there. Yeah. So she never came back. After I left uh, Harrah's Casinos, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if she ever attempted again. Um but that was an interesting situation. But the look on the chef's face when she saw her, like, she pinpointed her out like that. Really? That's how well-known she was as a stalker to, to Prince. That's crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> that was the craziest thing. There wasn't, like, any other, um, you know, weird, crazy orgies or, yeah, you know, fun parties afterwards. That's... <laughs> um, uh, that was it was more you know he kept it low key he kept it about his fans and uh, about the music it kind of sounds like oh yeah know? he definitely did like dude can just go all night just jamming dude and that's what's awesome about it it's like dude you just chill and listen to him all day yeah, yeah. man that's awesome that's crazy that uh, that the stalker I, some people are just are just wild and so. I'd be curious to, to know how his passing affected her, her oh, psyche yeah. and like how she adjusted. Cause I mean, being a stalker, that's like a big portion of, of someone's life, right? Like they're obsessed and it probably takes up 95% of her mental capacity and everything she does is revolved around that. Right. So not having that as a character, I guess, characteristic, I wonder how that affected her. There's no way to know, right? I just thrown that out there. Who knows on that, dude? I know that had to affect her. Yeah. I mean, she's a nice lady. She's just crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, she definitely felt that there was more with her and Prince than there was. Interesting. You know? um, but, I mean, Prince's passing definitely had an effect on a lot of people. Even yeah. people that had no connection to him whatsoever, but they obviously felt it through the music and whatnot. Absolutely. Um, you having known him and, and met him and... and uh, been around him. How did that affect you? Uh, it sucked. It sucked when I found out. Um, because it was unexpected. Mm-hmm. And it was 
because he was young. Yeah, it was a very early passing, and it was something that was out of character. Yeah. Very out of character. So, I'm not saying anything, but it just doesn't seem right. Yeah. And... We're putting our conspiracy hat. Yeah. That's fair. Like, just from what I... I mean, it was a short stint, you know, only a couple of, like, three months that I was there. Yeah. Um... But it just didn't seem like him. Interesting. Okay. So, to me, it's just, it's interesting. It's something that doesn't make any sense. And it came out of nowhere. Yeah. That was the big thing. Okay. I'd be curious. I I guarantee there's a conspiracy theory out there of some sort. Um, Bruce Lee has something similar as well, right? Like, with him, I think they think it was... um, what is it? Uh, the triads, something like that. something yeah. along those lines. There, there, there's all kinds of stuff, but I mean, when it comes down to it, he he wasn't in the prime, mm-hmm. you know. But he wasn't not well off. Yeah, and he, he was still at the top of the mountain. Yeah, and he had a lot of support around him, a lot of good people that cared about him. They, there was no reason for that to happen. So. Like I said, that just, it doesn't make any sense. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting perspective. I, I had never thought that there was any foul play or potential foul play. Um, so it's very interesting to get that, that perspective from you. I'd be curious if there's any fans out there of Prince that uh, also have that kind of theory. Please feel free to comment or DM us about that. Okay. What's another, what's your most memorable night, event, from working those three months that you were around Prince? Oh, dude, okay. So, we never had a singer. Once. There was no singers. There was Uh always musicians. There was no, obviously we, you can't reverb the sound easily in that room. Yeah. But it was, it was playing instruments, stuff like that. You know, even he had the piano. He had all. He literally had every form of instrument he could fit into that room. But one night, I'm hanging out with this chef at the bar, and all of a sudden, I hear somebody sing, and I'm like, "Did we get a singer?" And she was like, "No, we don't have a singer." I was like, "Who's singing?" And she was like, "That's him." I was like, "That's not Prince's voice." She was like, no, that's his guitar. And I was like, what do you mean that's his guitar? And she was like, she's, or he's making the guitar sing. I was like, you can make a guitar sing. And she's like, go look, watch. So I go in there and he is literally, he's working the pedal and the electric guitar. And he is literally making it sing a song. Whoa. The craziest I've ever seen. Like, unfreaking believable. I don't care who you are. Prince is the best musician there is. Yeah. Or ever was. The dude is unfreaking believable. Like, that. I, I had a newfound respect for him at that point. Like, I wasn't a big Prince fan going in. Yeah. Um, I, I, I knew his songs. I yeah. knew the, the 80s movie, stuff like that. I absolutely, you know, 
I, I understood who Prince was. I knew he was good. Um, I understood the 90s controversy, stuff like that. And, you know, he liked to push the, the envelope. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to Prince, there was not a single time that I was like, oh, my God, like, he's the greatest, blah, 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 until I worked for him. And that man can play literally any instrument better than most. And when he started singing with that guitar, I was like, this dude is a musical genius. He's a goat. He is, yeah. Literally the goat on that. And I still have people that don't believe that when I tell them. And I'm like, dude, it literally happened. It's funny you say that. There's, you know, I've heard this, this phrase all the time. I love phrases. And... I've heard the phrase, make the guitar sing. And before I thought it was just like, oh, you're playing it really well. Like, you're making it sing. But evidently, you could literally make it sing. You can literally make it sing. That's interesting. And it's the craziest thing you'll ever see. Wow. Okay. I, I guarantee there's probably not that many people that can actually do that. I Not even. Probably a handful. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix, him, Slash. Those are probably yeah. the names off the top of my mind. Carlos Antena, another one. Latin, Latin roots there. <laughs> right? Um. Okay, that's super cool. So that's that's what stands out to you, dude. Still to this day, I I can't get that out of my mind. Just how it sounded so crisp, like a human voice. Yeah, like actually somebody singing. It was just mind blowing. Interesting. Okay. Very very cool. I'm still trying to picture it. Like, dude, <laughs> it was a sight to see. <laughs> like, still to this day, like. That's awesome. You have memories that other people would kill for, yep. including his uh, former stalker. Oh, shoot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you want to talk about panties? Like, you know, dude, I, she would have been throwing her entire wardrobe up there. <laughs> like, That's funny. Did he ever have uh, people that were like his uh, special friends around to come watch him during those times? No, like I said, dude, he was really... Kept it separate, huh? Yeah, he really was smart about everything. Um, now, there there was all kinds of uh, women mm-hmm. that would try to throw themselves at him, but not, like, physically, but yeah, attempt yeah, yeah. To, to reach out to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know there were others that were very cool about it. They weren't, like, you know, trying to get up on him but they just wanted to be there um it was interesting to see you know i I figured you know screaming fans stuff like that but a lot of the people that were in there were they were just there to chill to listen to them and and enjoy it Uh, and what's interesting is the the first night that we did it um right from the get-go he didn't play the first weekend he did not do anything he just sat there like the band from Morris Day and the Times or the Times mm-hmm. themselves, they were playing. Yeah. Which was cool. And and Prince was just chilling with a smile, like loving the music. Crazy. Like, taking it all. Oh, in. he was, t- yeah. He, and it was cool to see, you know, I've never actually watched a musician just sit there and, and, and listen to another musician's art like that. Yeah. And you could tell he was feeling it. He was loving it. But he didn't play. He didn't do anything. He just sat there and enjoyed it. Um, and it wasn't like he was sitting there in the center, like I'm the center of attention. Yeah. He sat to the side next to a, a fan that I trust that he trusted, mm-hmm. uh, or a couple of fans 
like he was one of us listening to him play or something. Yeah. And it was just, it was cool to see. But, like, as we, we set up for the next weekend, like... I told the chef, I was like, "Hey, listen, I'm 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 a I'm not the boss. Obviously, he's the boss. Yeah. But a lot of people were hoping that he would play last weekend, and he's not playing. Like, is he going to play?" And she was like, "You know, I had talked to him about that. He does. He wants to. Um, he just doesn't want to make it all about him." And I was like, "I fully understand that." And she was like, "He's going to get other musicians in, uh, but he wants to." You know, if he feels it, he's going to play. And I was like, okay, yeah. cool. From then on, like, every weekend he was playing. All right. So it was nice to see that, that change. And he understood, like, you know, his fans aren't there to see Morris Day at the Times. Yeah. They're there to see him. Yeah. So, I mean, granted that first weekend was cool because he was actually just hanging out Chilling, with his fans. Yeah. Um, and being being a, a, a fan himself. Absolutely. And it's hard to see somebody like Prince be a fan of somebody else, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like, dude, you are beyond being a fan of anybody. Absolutely. Like, everybody's your fan. But he was, like, he just, he was feeling what they were playing. And that was cool to see, so. That's awesome. That's, that's crazy that he, from there on, was... Um, if you heard something in the background, by the way, guys, that was a windshield wiper. Yeah, it is uh, starting to rain a little bit here in Denver. We're coming to you, li- not live, we're coming to you straight from Denver. Uh, we're recording here. I'm going to try to get this edited and uploaded as quick as possible. We'll see if it's going to go raw. We may just upload this uh, come Tuesday, but I'm going to try to edit it. Uh, we'll see if we can transfer it from the phone to the uh, laptop uh, come one of these days when I get back into town. So, yeah, coming to you live from Denver, or coming to you from Denver, rather. Candid. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Awesome, man. What else is there? Uh, is there that you would want the people to know about your time up in Vegas and around Prince, or just anything in general? Uh, the craziest three years of my life, uh, that's for sure. Yeah? Okay. Um <laughs> But, I mean, that's just, that's a small portion of, like, the years that I spent out there. Um, let's, yeah, let's break away from uh, from Prince. You know, I know the fans were here for it, but let's hear a little bit about the, the crazy Vegas lifestyle. I want to hear some of those stories. So, if you are here for Prince, thank you so much. We'll catch you on the next one. But, if you want the juicy stripper stories <laughs> and hawker stories and other stuff, the cocaine then please stick around. I don't know what they are. I've actually never heard them. So this, you and I are both going to listen to these stories at the same time. So, Jimmy, give it to us. What uh, What are some crazy stories from Vegas? Is it like The Hangover? Ah, oh, dude, when is it not like The Hangover? Okay. <laughs> um, so Vegas is a whole nother world. Um, I've been there as a, uh, you know, visitor been there for bachelor parties been there as a kid when vegas was you had your bachelor friendly. party there right yeah i did nice um, very cool yeah it's more low-key on that than it <laughs> than i've ever spent in vegas um interesting in, okay. in my life so but i mean i've seen all facets of vegas uh just visiting but i've never 
until I moved there, uh, which had been a dream of mine since I was a kid, because I always thought Vegas was cool. It was a cool place to be. Yeah. Um, I liked the, the the feeling of it. I moved there when I was like 20, 23, 24. Nice. Um, perfect days, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I got recruited uh, for a from the vice president of food and beverage for Ballet's Rio in Paris. And he actually started as a dishwasher at the hotel that was my first major job uh, coming out of high school. Okay. Uh, and he, I became a manager there of the restaurant, room service, and bar. Yeah. And he came in one day with his family. And the whole reason he came in with his family was he wanted to show his family his kids because his kids literally are, were well-to-do. Like, this dude had massive amount of cars, had a freaking like six car garage, mansion, all this stuff, mm-hmm. because he was making almost a million a year. Holy shit! Um, so he felt every year or every couple of years he needed to go take his kids to see where everything that they've been handed came from. This dude literally started as a dishwasher as a teenager in a small. Uh, hotel in Aurora, Colorado. Oh, wow. And worked his way up to become a chef or sous chef at that hotel, eventually going on to become uh, a major chef at one of the big hotels, I think in Texas, of all places. Interesting. Okay. Um, Shout out Texas fans. Right? <laughs> um, and then he ended up moving to Vegas uh, and working in the, the hotel casino industry uh, and moving himself up to the VP. He ended up, uh, while I was out there, uh, becoming the um, president of food and beverage, not the VP, of um, Caesars, uh, which Caesars Entertainment bought out uh, Harrah's and all that. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he was somebody to know. And all I did was show him around the kitchen and like let them tour the dishwashing area i was like i thought this was weird but uh he explained everything after and he was like if you're ever in vegas call me up wow. and i was like okay well funny you're saying that because trying to get I out would, there was actually thinking about moving to vegas so perfect timing because i literally was thinking about moving to vegas around that time it was almost like it was meant to happen exactly i was about to yeah. say that sometimes those things just the universe just kind of lines up right especially if you throw it out there it's gonna happen eventually like, yeah like stuff happens for a reason you know absolutely. so i was like cool you know um was going to um move to vegas anyways mm-hmm. might as well have an in absolutely so i moved there um also, up. amazing story. I'm, so, I'm sorry to cut you off here real quick. Love the uh, – that's like the all-American dream type of story right there, right? From dishwasher to freaking president of a multi-million dollar organization. Um, that's oh, pretty. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Dude, when he explained everything, uh, just even the VP part, I was like, damn, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, was not expecting something like that or for somebody to be like that. Yeah. Um, so humble origins reached out to you, fortuitous that uh, that he's like, hey, I'm in Vegas. You're like, I want to move to Vegas. So, kind of lined up for you. Yeah, literally just kind of almost fell on my lap at that point. Thing is, I didn't call him when I first moved there. Like I took forever to actually try to get a job. I had to save up a bunch of money. Um, 
finally ended up calling him up after like three months of living there. Yeah. Um, let him know that I was there. Uh, he got me in touch with somebody, the hiring managers at Rio. And I was like, cool, man. Like, get me in as a server, uh, bartender, whatever, dude. Like, I got experience, so I'm going to do it, right? Yeah. So he gets me in with this lady. And this lady tells me all this stuff. And she keeps talking to me as if I'm a manager. And I was like, I don't want to be a manager. (laughs) So she's like, well, I can try to get you in with the union to work as a busser. And then you can work your way out of that. Uh, with shift bits and I was like oh that sucked Uh, little did I know that you know it doesn't matter what tip position you work in Vegas 90% of them are well paying Um, interesting but she kept basically making it seem like I'm not gonna get a good server position and I'm not gonna make any money like I thought I was gonna make money okay so she suckered me into management or what they (laughs) called camp or no ramp Restaurant assistant manager program. Uh, I'm like, I literally ran the restaurant, the bar, and room service for an entire hotel myself. Oh, wow. So Trial by fire, man. Yeah, like I got thrown in the fire. Literally got thrown in the fire because (laughs) my manager quit, and then they weren't willing to hire anybody else. So they were like, well, we're going to pay you the assistant manager position, but you're going to do all the work. Uh, So I had to learn how to liquor count, friggin' order order supplies, food, keep liquor costs at a certain point, like order liquor. Wow, what's up, Corgi? <laughs> <laughs> um, all that fun stuff. Like, it was crazy. Um, and I, I felt taken advantage of, but actually I was making really good money for being just an assistant manager of a restaurant, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, Especially a 23 or 24 year old yeah, kid, right? Dude, at that point and not having a freaking degree, shit, dude. Like, I was making 65, 60, 65 grand. Hell yeah. And yeah. back then, that's... That was 2000 friggin' three. Yeah, no, no, no. So, that was money. That was, yeah, that was yeah. solid. But, when it came down to it, um, I didn't want to be a part of this restaurant program, but they convinced me to do it. Yeah. So, I had to do all this stuff. Like, I had to work at every restaurant in that casino at some point. And I worked at the, the Voodoo Lounge up at the top of the the casino which was the coolest like still to me one of the coolest nightclubs it's not even the top nightclub in vegas but it's so cool because literally you go outside hang out have drinks see the entire vegas view skyline that's got to be beautiful yeah yeah oh it's amazing um but i got to work that i got to work all the bars and stuff like that and see what it was about um the whole point was they were trying to get me ready to be an actual manager manager, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a training quote unquote program that they put every manager through. I thought it was bull. I thought I wasted my time. Midway through everything, I'm like, dude, I really don't want to be a manager. Like yeah. my servers at the restaurant that I got stuck in were making six figures a year, and I'm making less than that, basically forty grand. In Vegas. Yeah. Granted, the cost of living back then was way less than Colorado. <laughs> but 40 freaking grand when my employee literally is bitching up a storm because he's in the union yeah. and he can get away with anything he wants, making six figures. Well, I'm That's eating. tough to swallow. I'm eating literally leftover pizza every night. Top shelf ramen. Yeah, dude. Like, the only benefit from that was, like, I got to eat 
at the seafood buffet that people paid $35 a ticket for. Yeah. I literally got to eat that every night. Nice. For free. Yeah. Yes, I like to eat. Right, if you guys are paying attention <laughs> to the Prince thing, I like good food. Um, One of the, when I first got here, guys, um, we, what y'all don't know is we went comic book hunting. That's how I know, uh, Jimmy here. It's through the, through that community. But one of the first things that he said, he's like, man, he's like, yeah, if you head towards Kansas, he's like on whatever highway 70 or something like that. He's like, there's this great steak place. And he's like, and it's not overpriced. He's like, it's a, it's a solid steak. was one of the first things that he said. So yeah, you literally got to drive like four hours to Kansas, but it's worth the steak. There you go. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, food was like a factor. So I'm like, shit, man, I'm, I'm eating a $35 meal. Um, On the reg. Yeah, like literally eating lobster, crab legs, and yeah, tilapia. So you probably ate like a king for those few years that you were there. Oh, yeah, hands down. Like That's awesome. It wasn't until later on in my life in Vegas that I did not eat like a king. In fact, uh, did not eat a lot at that point, um, which I'm still the only person I know that can gain a ton of weight from that. <laughs> um, but when it came down to it... Um, I was trying to get out, and that's when uh, the whole Prince thing came about, mm -hmm. because they were like, well, you don't want to be the manager here, so we hired somebody else. They went through the training program, blah, blah, blah. We need to find a place for you, and we're going to find a place, or you're gone. I was like, well, crap, dude. Um, then I'm going to find a place. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I still couldn't find anything. So... The whole time, I'm, like, sitting there, like, uh, I don't know what to do. So they were like, well, Prince is going to open up his nightclub, so we want you to go work there. I was like, okay, that's... Sounds that, good, yeah. Well, at first, I was like, that f what time do I, do I have to be there? And they were like, well, you don't show up until 4 p.m., and then you're going to be there until probably, like, 2 a.m. And I was like, ha-ha. They're like, that freaking sucks. <laughs> and they were, so, like, they, th they felt it was a punishment to me. And yeah. at first, I was like, I am getting punished. Yeah. But then after everything that happened, I was like, damn, this is, yeah, punishment in my ass. Yeah. Like, it was actually really cool. So, I didn't care at that point. I was like, whatever. Um, but I still wanted out. I was still trying to find something um, in a tip position because I wanted to make money. Yeah. Like, you, go, you don't go to Vegas to, like, get by. You go to Vegas to be well ahead. Yeah, to ball out. Yeah. And that's literally what I was trying to do. Well... One freaking day, I'm, like, heading out uh, because the way that the Prince thing worked, I could park wherever I wanted because, like, the hotel security didn't pay attention. Yeah. So, they didn't pay attention to my hours in, my hours out because my hours were so erratic yeah. that they never knew that I worked for the casino. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was able to park out to the side. Well... Off to the side was a walkway to another restaurant that was empty. And it was a, a restaurant that overlooked the pool, which was actually a really cool venue, um, like just the way it was set up. And this new restaurant was going to be moving in. Um, it was a restaurant nightclub, something out of Fort Lauderdale, um, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, called Cafe Moderanos. Um, absolutely amazing Italian or Italian food, but with a Philadelphia twist. Okay. Uh, from South Philly is where 
he was born and raised. Oh. So, <laughs> On the playgrounds. Yeah. Where he spent most of his days. I wouldn't doubt that. <laughs> and, and many other places you can get in trouble. Yeah. Um, but when it came down to it, Steve Martirano was like, um, the, he was a character. Picture, um, picture Vin Diesel with extra roids and tattoos everywhere and like 50 something years old okay back then when Vin Diesel was like 30 something yeah 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 so uh, <laughs> yeah cause and Steve's still going strong I, I'm, a, I'm impressed cause nice. this dude had a freaking stroke or a heart attack fucking triple bypass still lived through it damn yeah um Dude's crazy. Like he, he like presses like fifteen hundred pounds. Whoa! Yeah, dude. Like he was eat food, cook food, lift weights, drink wine, and whatever else. That's a life. Yes, yeah. that's, that's a beautiful dude. life. He wanted to create a franchise. He wanted to build a a, a, um, a trademark. His name. You know, so that's what it was ultimately created. It was like, you know, all this 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 whole nightclub was his expansion out of Fort Lauderdale. He catered to celebrities. It was the coolest thing ever. Uh, every freaking day, like there was a celebrity in the restaurant. Uh, I mean, we're talking like B level celebrities to sports stars to freaking A list freaking celebrities. Like, you name them, they were there. Um, and mind you, this is like two thousand four, two thousand five. Or 2005, yeah. Um, we were we weren't a destination spot, but we he we was trying to create that. Um, he wanted it to be a reality show. Um, we were filming reality um, bits and pieces, but this was before Kardashian and stuff like that. This yeah. was actually um, this was post real world world rules or when it was yeah 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 hot. MTV baby yeah dude the good God, days. I used to watch that show yeah. those shows religiously dude, the road rules was the best the true reality TV show yeah. none of that Kardashian crap exactly um but the whole training process the hiring process they literally had us do mug shot or not mug shots but um they took pictures of all of us and the reason was because they wanted it to basically be about looks so like or not their hiring process had to have someone to looks yeah, and hiring models being able to do that. Yeah. yeah. And they got away with it because yeah, the whole model thing the everybody in Vegas gets away with the model thing. Yep. And so we, we had to like, you know, do our, our picture, blah, blah, blah. Plus the fact that we might be a reality TV show. So we got to look good for that. Yeah, Luckily I look like a Vegas douche by then. So I got away <laughs> with it. So they were like, yeah, this dude fits in. Um, but the whole training process was literally like getting voted off a freaking island. It was like every day we came in, somebody was sent home. Oh, and wow. it was like not a big hoopla announcement. Yeah. You're just chilling. All of a sudden, you got to go home. Yeah. Jeez. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? And I'm like, you're not good enough. Okay, I didn't know what I did wrong. Yeah. You're still gone. So that's how it went. And cutthroat. Yeah, it was we were trying to lead up to the open the soft opening weekend and then the hard opening. Yeah. And the soft opening was uh um it, it was All Star Weekend, I believe. 
uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. The one and only time NBA will host an All-Star Weekend in Vegas, mainly because there was a ton of shootings, killings, all that kinds of stuff happened after that. Yeah. Um, it was like almost every single freaking day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the entire time they were there. Um, but Jeez. we were trying to get ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would get we would have to learn the food. We had to learn the wines. If we got anything wrong, like we were immediately yelled at type of thing. It was like, dude, you, you were walking on eggshells the entire time, but those of us that made it to that first round, uh, which was the soft opening, we got a taste of everything that was going on. Nice. Like it was crazy. It was literally like, we, they did a whole hoopla. We videotaped the whole freaking thing. In fact, yeah. I think it's still on YouTube, out there. You can see my ugly mug in the background like numerous times. What's uh, what's the link? Uh, dude, I don't freaking know, uh, man. I've tried to find it, dude. Yeah. It, uh, it's something to do with Caviar Monteranos, and it was like a pilot, TV pilot. There you go, um, folks. Google it. It's somewhere out there. But um, we, they did this whole thing where it was like you know bringing people in. Uh, celebrities and stuff like that. They were doing like photo shoots for the celebrities, stuff like that. You know, kind of like the red carpet thing. Yeah. Like into the freaking restaurant. So we had call ahead reservations, even though it's not supposed to be like that. But in that case, it was. We had Ludacris, Shaq, fucking Luda. They're like Ludacris, Shaq, freaking. Uh, was it Gabrielle Union? Uh, oh, love me some. All uh, right, dude. Uh, I got a fun story on that one. Dude. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, we had uh, Wilt Chamberlain, or not Wilt Chamberlain? Uh, damn, what, uh, Dominique Wilkins, like just wow. old school, like NBA players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many NBA players showed up. <clears throat> like it was crazy to see this amount of celebrities into one freaking spot, and they were all eating and just going from table to table, saying what's up to each other. Um. Like we just having them there in front of us and us serving them was like the craziest thing ever. Like I worked for Prince, but I'd see like one or two celebrities a night. Damn, that's not cool. an entire freaking restaurant full of sports stars and celebrities. Yeah, yeah. And especially like at that time, Ludacris was like hot. Oh yeah, like man. Ludacris was the man. Yeah, he was. In the rap game at that time. Yeah, he was. Um, in hip-hop. Like, so, it was like, damn, dude, like, Ludacris straight up just asked me for freaking bread. <laughs> I'm going to get you fucking bread, Ludacris. I'll get you all the bread, Ludacris. You want more bread? I will bring you oil. <laughs> I will get you all the oil. <laughs> like, it was so cool. And then, he, like, Luda, like, I guess he, he frequented uh, Captain Monterano's in Fort Lauderdale. That he would bring, like, other celebrities with him. Like, Lorenz Tate, like, didn't even know what to do. He seemed like a, a kid in a candy store trying to get food. Yeah. You know? And he just, <laughs> Luda's like, yo, be humble. Like, just yeah, enjoy yeah, the food. Yeah. So, it was just a cool experience in that aspect. Um, and being able to take care of him. But the end of the night was just, like... It was Survivor. Yeah. It was literally, we sat at our, 
We sat at the family table because every night we did a family table. It's like John didn't do this right. Yeah, that, fuck oh no, it's worse than that, dude. <laughs> dude, the family table was crazy. It yeah. was like everybody just sitting down eating. He would put out big old family dishes, and everybody ate like we were a family. Yeah. Nice. You ever seen the movie Untouchables? I have. Okay. Where um, Robert De Niro goes around and he's just having a conversation and he's got a baseball bat. Yeah. And he's just walking around the table. Yeah. And That's- then he lets them know that somebody is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> has betrayed him. Yeah. That's what it felt like. <laughs> you literally were all just sitting there eating and he's just like... Like, everybody's just happy, like, laughing, and, like, it's great. And Steve's going around the table. And all of a sudden, he's like, you guys enjoy the food? Oh, wait, sorry. Let me try to get in the South Philly. Um, Are you guys uh, enjoying the food? And we were like, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Good. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, damn. The rest of us are just sitting there like... Did that just happen? What what happened? (laughs) Are we going to get fired? Yeah. I thought we were past all that. Can I I finish my pasta? (laughs) Yeah, like literally. Dude, actually, one guy did ask to finish his fucking food. (laughs) Like, he didn't even care. He was like, dude, can I finish my food? Yeah. And Steve's like, get the fuck out. And I'm like, oh, damn. Like, (laughs) shit. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Like, are we all going to go through this? Like, (laughs) and and it was like, it was the slightest thing. I don't know exactly, like, some of them, why they got canned. Yeah. They screwed up somehow. Interesting. Yeah. But, um,. That was the soft opening. So we went through weeks of just, you know, catering to whoever is in the casino, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. The hard opening comes. Yeah. By the hard opening, um, me and one guy got switched from being bussers, quote unquote, slash uh, servers, to um, expediters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had to work with this little dude. His name was Radar. He, he's, he was a buddy of Steve's forever. They, they were all buddy-buddy. Like, yeah, they, yeah. They all knew each other from the... the streets of philly okay the dude is that dude was a trip man he was like he was like a taller danny devito <laughs> um with glasses okay well actually danny devito wears glasses but he was like a taller danny devito okay okay so that dude was the expediter he had been the expediter out in fort lauderdale he was the expediter there he was teaching me to be an expediter I had never fucking expedited, so I was like, yeah. whatever, you know. But it kept my job. It kept me working there. So I was like, I'm trying to keep a job. I'm trying to work, you know. He taught me things, and he taught the other guy things. And both of us become trustworthy, like the people that trust. Yeah. Um, so the whole situation with Radar, he was always getting drunk. He was getting drunk or whatever. <laughs> So he would screw up on orders and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the night that we have the heart opening, Shaq's there again with his wife. Mm-hmm. If you don't know Shaq's wife from back in the early 2000s. Yeah, I remember her. Um, <laughs> she was a bitch. 
Was she, she was, really? Oh my god, she was a bitch. Interesting. Okay. So she was. She thought she was high and mighty. She thought, "Oh my god, I am Shaq's wife. Yeah, you need to do everything for me." Yeah. She had that mentality, uh, and it was it was horrible. She looked absolutely gorgeous woman. Yeah. Ugly on the outside and the inside because of her personality. Ah. Uh, like, interesting. Okay. Yeah. It was sad. Or is the reason that uh, Shaq divorced her, you know? Oh, yeah, no, dude. I, when he divorced her, I was like, yeah, dude, you should have done that a long time ago. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. So something happened to where one of the expediters, the other guy, mm-hmm. uh, me and him, um, he took the food to the wrong uh, – he took the wrong dish to the table. The ta- or Food got dished out. It turns out it was supposed to go to Shaq's table. It was a specialty gift to, to Shaq. Mm. And then – he was fumbling around, so he ended up accidentally going back over the table with the new dish for him and then spilling it all over the table. Oof. So it was a problem. It was like she started yelling up a storm. She goes up to Steve, tells him to fire his ass, get him out of here. They don't deserve that kind of uh, treatment, blah, blah, blah. Um, she, she claimed that he was too busy staring at her tits or something like that. I don't know. But all I know is Shaq comes up. And goes up to Steve and is like, hey, my wife, like, she's saying this stuff. Dude, it's no big deal. The kid accidentally dropped the food. Everything's okay. Don't don't fire him. Don't don't yell at him. Blah, yeah. blah. Nice. That's and good. Steve's like, okay, I respect that. So, yeah. so his job was saved. Nice. Even though that Shaq's wife was trying to get him canned, all because he just dropped the food. Yeah, Shaq's saving people, man. Yeah, Shaq is a good dude. I, I, dude, I got mad respect for him because of that situation. And then just he was really nice to everybody. He was willing to take pictures with everybody. He was oh, willing to cool. talk to everybody. Um, but his wife was just a total B. Wow. Um, so that dude's, you know, job gets saved. Yeah. Well, something happens later on. Uh, we're doing uh, another big event. I can't remember exactly what was going on. A lot of celebrities, a lot of stuff going on. Big old rush. I run out some food. Mm-hmm. And I was told by my expediter to run that food. The guy that I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito wannabe. <laughs> so I run the food out. Wrong table. I run back. And he tells me, take this to the other table. I was like, no, no. This was the table that I just took it to. And he's like, oh, shit. And he realized he screwed up. I was like, well, I counted this table, this table, this table, the way it's set up. He's like, no, you're taking it to this table. And I was like, fuck. So I go running over there. The server already dished it out. Yeah. They didn't order that food. Ugh. They ordered the other table's food. Yeah. So I'm freaking out. And I was, at that point, you know, everybody got voted off. It was still going on after that weekend. Yeah, yeah. And like, all the way up to this point. So I'm like, you know what? He's going to find out sooner or later. And I don't want to be sitting at that table and have a bat bash over to my head. <laughs> so, I like Untouchables. I think it's a great movie. Yeah. I just don't want to be that guy that got hit in the head. Fair. So, Fair. <laughs> I literally ran up to Steve was like, yo, dude, I took the food to the wrong table. And he was like, what? And I was like, I screwed up. I already... Had the cooks drop another order. I'm going to have it to the table. Five minutes. But I screwed up. 
Yeah. And Radar kept telling me, like, don't tell him. Don't tell him. You're going to get gone. I don't need to lose you. And I was like, <laughs> I fucked up. Yeah. He's going to find out one way or another. He's like, I will cover you. I was like, I don't trust that. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you or tell Steve what I did wrong. Yeah. How did that go? Steve's standing there. And he went from, like, chilling, because he was the DJ, too, the restaurant, too, because yeah. we played music and movie clips. It was a crazy experience. Okay. I don't even know how to explain it. you got to see the videos of Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> Captain Rodorano is unbelievable. Anyways, he looks at me straight face after he's been all chilling, playing music, happy as could be. And he's like, you fix it? And I was like, I fixed it. And he was like... Okay. Huh. And I was like, I went over to Radar, and Radar asked me, what did Steve say? I said, he said okay. Radar was like, he said okay. I was like, yes. <laughs> Fuck. That's literally all he says to me. And I'm like, he's like, you idiot. And I'm like, dude, I had to tell him, because I'm not going to sit at that fucking table and just get voted off, like, yeah, whatever yeah. happened. And he's like, I'm going to find a way to keep your job. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, the whole night, I'm freaking out. I'm like, i got to keep dropping food off, but I'm not going to have a job after tonight. Yeah. I'm going to be that guy on the TV show that gets voted <laughs> off. Well, not even like 30 minutes later, Steve just literally just grabs my arm. Yeah. And mind you, this dude benches like 500 pounds. Yeah. He literally boa constrictored my arm and took me to the back. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, here it comes. Where's the baseball bat? I'm like, shit, this is where he keeps the bat. <laughs> he lets go. He's standing there straight face, straight at me. I'm looking at him like, fuck, I'm gone. Yeah. And he straight up looks at me and says, I respect you, kid. And I was like, what? And he was like, I've been in Vegas since starting this for almost six months. I haven't been around anybody that has been straightforward with me and honest. And I was like, well, I fucked up. And I'm not going to let anybody else take the blame for it because I screwed up. And he's like, I respect that. He's like, you got it taken care of. You're not going anywhere. And I was like, holy shit. Nice. So, things went on. I guess that kind of helped me with his trusting in me. Yeah. At that point. So, I became the person he trusted in Vegas out of the Vegas crew, um, along with his Fort Lauderdale people. Yeah. Which was nice because it, it didn't relieve stress off me with the whole, like, everybody going, Ground, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. But I felt like I was doing something right. So I was cool with it. I'm like, yeah, we're going to keep doing this. Um, I'm starting to enjoy this job, dude. It was fucking, it was a wicked experience because it was, like, literally just catering to, to high-end clientele, to... You know, celebrities. That's cool. Dude, listen. Dude, we... I mean, we literally had a DJ booth in the kitchen. 
Yeah, that's overlooking pretty cool. the restaurant. So that's pretty cool. We got to listen to the freaking music, watch movies, eat freaking amazing food, the best freaking Italian food you'll ever have in your life, in my in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Barring maybe Italy, right? Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, because I did live there for a while. Oh, nice, did yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to chat about that offline. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other. So, you have seen, done, worked in Vegas. You've been around Prince. You've been around all these high-end celebrities you've you know uh, worked in the restaurant industry worked in the casino industry give the people two or three pieces of advice maybe a spot they can visit maybe just a random piece of information about vegas that they can take with them um whenever they go visit uh shoot dude uh number one there's no sex in the champagne room Oh, there you go. For the right amount of money. Ah, ah I just can't do it. Um, I, I was like, what? Never been, no, dude, never been there. Uh, <laughs> did date strippers. Um, a couple yeah. of them, actually. Okay. Um, but, no. Uh, never, no. Um, never got in that situation. Vegas, dude, honestly, know someone that can connect you with um, something. If you want to go nightclub, nightlife, know somebody. Um, I've if heard you, that. Yeah. If you don't, you're gonna get hosed. Um, all those VIP hosts that are like walking around, like giving you a card. Yeah. To get into a club for ten bucks or to pass the line, it's bullshit. Yeah. It is literally bullshit, dude. It really to get into a, a, a high end nightclub, it's how much you're willing to pay. Yeah. If you're a guy, generally you want to bring at least a one to one ratio women to men, preferably. Uh, a two-to-one ratio, women to men. So that's going to get you a better chance of getting into one of those higher-end nightclubs. Do you need to do that? No. It really, Vegas is about who you know. The more you know people that are actually trustworthy with you and cool with you, the better time you're going to have. Yeah, the, literally the better time you're going to have. Uh, or be a high roller and then just fucking well, yeah, do, do whatever you want. Drop <laughs> coin. Like I said, yeah. it's, it's really either who you know or how much money you got. Okay. Um... I'm, I'm far out of the nightlife uh, level anymore, but back when it was then, it was like if you knew people, um, you were getting into anything, and that's another story for another time, because I can go on for an entire <laughs> year of just freaking craziness. That, we'll have you back on. We'll do like a straight just Vegas uh, do, do, conversation. It, we'll do. We'll probably do this one uh, over the uh, over the wire versus in person, because can't be flying out here all the time. Oh, yeah. No, as much as I want no, to. Uh, or we could just go to Vegas and I can tell you the whole story. Or can, do it live yeah. in Vegas. What about that, folks? That would be, be something. freaking crazy. But, dude, like, it is who you know. It, okay. it is who you know or the money you got. So, um, gambling, dude, if, if you're going to be in Vegas, dude, have one vice. Yeah. Um, you can't have more than one. Um, if you... <laughs> If you like to drink and play poker all fucking day, well, you, you, you're you going to win at some point. Yeah. You're going to lose a lot at another point. Yeah. Um, luckily, when I lived in Vegas, I didn't gamble. So. Um, nice. Yeah. I just partied like a freaking. Rock star. Like, literally, like a rock star. Uh, in nice. fact, uh, another fun story about partying with uh, Vinnie Paul um, one day. Yeah? Yeah. So, anyways, that's story for another time. Story for another time. Okay. Yeah. Damn. So, um, like, third thing, um, 
Shit, man, I don't know. Um, Any local eateries? Uh, best buffet, according to my friends, uh, best breakfast buffet, according to my friends, is actually at the Spearmint Rhino Strip Club. Uh, I've good. never actually had it, but they swear by it. Okay. Uh, but granted, they were pretty trashed. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. But I've heard from my friends when I lived in Vegas that you have to have breakfast at Spearmint Rhino. I don't know about seeing taco when I'm eating yeah. breakfast burritos. Fish tacos and yeah. regular tacos don't mix. But apparently it's good. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> um, don't think you're higher than Mighty for $1.99. Uh, steak and eggs at one of the shitty casinos. Yeah. <laughs> actually pretty good. That slaps. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so ba- Vegas on a budget, there you go. Look for the yeah. for the cheaper places. You're still going to get good stuff. Dude, and Cafe Moderano is not the one that I worked at. Yeah. They expanded and then put one in the Paris Casino. Dude, you got to go. Best Italian, dude. In my opinion, it beats Rayo's. Anybody that knows Rayo's, they got nothing on Cafe Moderano's. They kiss my ass on that one. I will stand by that till the day I die. Bold so, statement, yes, ladies and gentlemen. And it, dude, that also stems because Rayo's opened up the same time Captain Malrano's did, and we had beef. Uh, we still have beef. Bloods and Crips, huh? E- even though I'm not a part of it anymore, I got beef. I won't go to Rayo's. <laughs> so, uh, you hear that, Rayo's? Fuck you. Fuck your couch. <laughs> fuck the homeboys. All that. Yeah, dude. Moderanos all the way. Moderanos all the way. Yep. Gang, gang, baby. <laughs> um, and then, shoot, man, at that point, um, oh, dude, Hash House a Go-Go. There you go. You want a lot of food that you can't eat because it's way too much, <laughs> and then you save it, and you leave it in your room, and it goes bad? Oh, duh. That's the place to go. <laughs> dude, I don't even know where they get the chickens from. The chicken breast is like a 20-ounce chicken breast. Whoa. No, like, dude, chicken and waffles from there? Yeah. Dude, you get a whole freaking hen house. Wow. It's amazing. And it's it tastes amazing. It's It was a local joint, I think, and then they put it in the casinos. They started making it a thing. Yes, um, okay. They're trying to expand, but Hash House a go-go. And there then, uh, if you like Mexican, Macayos. Macayos is pretty bomb. Yeah, yeah. I'm from I'm from Texas, man. I can't trust any Tex-Mex outside of uh, outside of Tex-Mex. Nah, but you, you gotta go. But we'll, 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 we'll keep our eyes open. Oh, I didn't realize my bicep was that sore from holding this phone up. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap up this uh, conversation. Jimmy, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Definitely, we've talked about this before. I'm glad that we were able to do it while I'm uh, visiting you guys here in uh, in Denver. This has been an amazing day, y'all. He's taken me around town. I've gotten actually a tour while we've been uh, driving around and also just throughout the day going to local comic shops and, and that kind of stuff. I've gotten some dope, dope stuff. I uh, can't wait to share it with you guys on social media, Instagram, uh, nerd.nostalgia. Y'all know the drill. But, Jimmy, what, uh, what's some final words that you want the people to say? Where can they find you? Where can they reach you? Do you want them to find you? Do you want them to reach you? Um yeah, definitely. Like I said, any... This is any, your plug. This is your moment right here. Any Vegas story is uh, well over 10 years, so I am well with, well out of the uh, Statue of Limitations. Statue of Limitations, yeah. gone. So, uh, in the future, if you hear any of the things, just know <laughs> that that was a different me, and uh, when we get to the end of those segments, I will explain. Um, now, uh, if you want to find me, uh, jameswgnc.com. 
uh, on Instagram uh, or Jimmy Jams Garage Sales on Instagram. Best best for you boxes in the game, y'all. Thank trust you, sir. Me. Trust Thank me. You. Um, I know why because I went to his his honey pots today. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> but, I, I had to show him. Yeah, yeah. Not mainly because I wanted to dip into the honey pots. Yeah, so. yeah. And dipped he did. I yeah. can't wait for the next round of uh, mystery boxes he's gonna do for you guys. Gonna be epic. Jimmy Jam's garage sale. He sells out really quick. Make sure y'all check it out. What else, Jimmy? Uh, dude, that's it. I will be changing my main uh, uh, James W. GNC uh, Instagram. I gotta figure out a new name. Um, I'm switching uh, or leaving GNC for good. Um, so you won't be able to find me through that. But for the time being, I, I trust he'll link it up. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Other than that, man, it, it, this was actually pretty awesome. Like, I was, this was fun, man. Yeah, I was not expecting this. Uh, you know, taking we down were, memory lane. Yeah, picking up that nostalgia. I knew we were going to hit up, you know, the comic shops, and I was like, you know what? Let's do this live. Like, screw it. Like, just yeah, candid like that instead of over the phone, whatever. Yep. Um, it's easier. Yeah. I mean, shit, dude. I've driven you halfway around. Denver, yeah, yeah. No so. shit, dude. I appreciate yeah. it. So yeah, you got a nice little tour of. Uh, you know Denver man yeah. yeah so it's uh fun to do it this way um awesome yeah. all right well yeah well there you have it guys we appreciate y'all joining us on this episode of Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. We will catch y'all on the next episode. Please head over to Apple Podcasts, drop that five star. Tell your friends, family, coworkers about this. Tell your boyfriend, baby mama, drama, everybody. Please help us grow this audience. All right, that's it, guys. We'll catch y'all on the next one. And remember. Stay nerdy, my friends.